Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifests in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. 
And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape, took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self same spirit manifests himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained 
There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be John, the ninth chapter, and that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon and evening to everyone. And let us all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer. And let us thank our heavenly father, Yahweh, for bringing us together one more time in the spirit of Yahshua the Messiah, we're so grateful, Yahweh, for you choosing us out of the world and sitting us down and teaching us about yourself because we didn't know one single thing about you before you grabbed a hold of us, sat us down, and, and have taught us the real true truth about yourself and about your son, Yahshua. And we know that that is such a great thing to have. And you've given us of your spirit, which is the greatest gift of them all. And we just ask that you help all of us with our infirmities. We all have them. And we just ask you to comfort us in these last days, because we know the adversary is still doing his job but you're stronger and more powerful than he ever, ever thought of being. And we're just grateful to have that spirit, which is our comforter, our teacher, and our, we are, that is our sufficiency is, is of the spirit. And we're grateful that you've given it to us, not because of anything that we've done or anything that we ever could do to be participants and to be be able to receive this spirit it is not of our own volition it's not of our own will it's your will and we ask you to cause us to do your will and not our own and we just ask that you comfort us Yahshua in these last days and you've been doing that and we we're so grateful for that we just ask you to open up our hearts and minds and cause us to be vessels of righteousness and serve you in truth and all these things we ask you for and are extremely grateful for in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Let us all say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good afternoon, class. Tonight, I'll be reading from the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Traina of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland. John, the ninth chapter. And as he passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Yahshua answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, 
but that the word manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, is, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Yahshua made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight and said they unto him, where is he? He said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was a Sabbath day when Yahshua made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked them how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and I do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of Elohim, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him, that he opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was the Messiah, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give Elohim the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he being a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas... I was blind, now I see because of him. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? They then they reviled him and said, Are, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that Elohim spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto him, 
Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that Elohim heareth not sinners, but if any, but if any man be a worshiper of Elohim and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the beginning of the ages, it was not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind. If this man were not of Elohim, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and doest thou teach us? And they cast him out. Yahshua heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of Yahweh? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I might believe on him? And Yahshua said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Rabbi, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Yahshua said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto them, Are we blind also? Yahshua said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. John, the ninth chapter. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller. And our scripture readers this evening will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside class and Dr. Peg Trivison from our Syracuse class. And we'll have a three speaker format this afternoon, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker will be from our Syracuse class, Dr. Peg Trivison. And Linda, I'll help you read if you need it. Here I was all set just to read. I wasn't expecting it all to be called on. Um, this um, scripture reading is always um, a good place to start. Um, well, he's talking about this blind man that couldn't see, and it's obviously um, Yash was going healing people in this. Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't like that. Um, where is it? Is it in um, the for Acts 4 where it talks about the Sadducees, what they believed in? Is it Acts 4 1 where it said um, Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection, they don't believe in angels? Of course, I think he's working with the Pharisees here. Let me see if I can get it. Uh, yeah, yes. for yeah, Acts four one and two. And as a, they you know, spoke, at the same time, Yahshua's walking around in the flesh. There's the scripture we, reading we had in John, uh, the ninth chapter. Yahshua's walking around in the flesh and had healed a man, but um, he's dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees all the time. They're always on him for some reason or other. So here in Acts, we learn a little bit about his opposition. So go ahead, Linda, sorry to cut you off. Sorry to interrupt you. Acts 4.1, yep. 
And as they spoke unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Yahshua the resurrection from the dead. And that's they laid what bothered them. Sorry, Linda, but that's what bothered them. They didn't like the idea that they preached that through Yahshua, they're preaching the resurrection of the dead. Um, that wasn't exactly it, because there's some place where they said they don't believe in angels. And they didn't. Believe I, know, I know. I'm Acts looking for 23. And... 23 and 8. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was Acts, but I was way off. 23 and 8 of Acts. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. So it's interesting to me that sometimes when you're reading the scriptures, you'll find that he pits one against the other. He'll pit the Pharisees against the Sadducees, knowing that they have different beliefs. But um, that, I don't know, that just came to my mind. But we're going to go back to scripture reading which is John, the ninth chapter here, and he's healed this guy. And you can see the hold that the, um, the Pharisees had on his parents even because they didn't even want to say what, you know, they're saying, you know, your son, they had to go and investigate. Your son was blind from birth. They go, yeah. They go, well, what happened? They go, well, go ask him. He's of age. He's old enough to tell you himself because that's the fear that the, the, the uh, Pharisee, the hold that they had over the parents of this guy, right? Yahshua healed him from a physical standpoint. Now, and I'm not, I don't know where this one is either, but I know I've read it. I think in Luke, but where Yahshua says, I, I heal him physically so that you understand I can, oh, he goes, his sins are forgiven. And then he goes ahead and heals the man trying to show the people that he has, he can heal on spiritually also. Does anybody, does that ring a bell with anybody? I think it's Luke. And if I'm just messing around here, I'm gonna drop out pretty quick because- Try Matthew nine and six. Okay. Matthew 9 and 6. But, the, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. Right. Can you pick it up just a little bit more? Because I think before that he forgives his sins. Where is it? Luke 9 and 6. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll start. I'll just start at 1 then. Peg. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Matthew 9 and 1, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of palsy, lying on a bed. And Yahshua, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now that's, a, that's huge. Your sins are forgiven. That's huge. Under the old covenant. Because we know that when you sin, it was what? Death. And we know that according to the scriptures, there was none without sin. There just wasn't any without sin. So here he is saying, I forgive your sin. So that, so that man's, uh, he's declaring him free of sin. 
And that's pretty easy to say because you don't, you don't see any results right away. Do you know what I mean? You don't see what's going on in the inner mat, but be, he shows, he goes ahead and heals them physically to, man, to show them that he can heal them spiritually. He's doing that for us. It's a demonstration when he's in the flesh to let us know that he can heal us of our sins or take away our sins, which we're confident that he did. We know that we now walk without sin. If you're, if, if you walk with the Holy Spirit, you're walking without, without sin. Um, and there's a lot of scriptures on that. I just don't have it together to share those scriptures with you. But here in the scripture reading, he's healing this blind man. So we'll talk about that for a minute. And then I, I probably will pass it on. Um, that this guy was seen, everybody knew he was blind. He was there all the time begging. He was well known. He was always went to the same temple every whatever, temple day, whatever it was. And they all knew him. And then all of a sudden they're, they're questioning whether he was even blind. So that shows you how much attention the Pharisees paid to the regular people. You know, if he was in there giving them lots of money, they would have known. But he's not. He's outside there begging every day. So they don't know him. So, um, so you see that, the, I don't know, I'm just, it's not coming together for me. I'm just trying to make the point. Yashua can heal you physically and spiritually. And he mm -hmm. does it in the scriptures. It goes around, heals people a lot. And it, and it really uh, bothers the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they can't heal anybody physically or spiritually. So it really gets on them and gets them all fired up against him. So it got all those uh, carnal mm -hmm. minds. He had to rile them up, though, to, get mm -hmm. to, to fulfill his purpose of getting him on the cross and for him to suffer this, the persecution that he did. And to be crucified, that he, way that he was crucified, according to the scriptures, he had to get those guys all riled up so that they would, you know, be doing his will and crucifying him that way. Because that's the only way that he was going to be able to get rid of that old covenant and uh, bring in the new covenant and be able to pour out the Holy Spirit. And I just feel like I'm not making a lot of sense. So I'm going to pass it on to the next speaker. Thank you very much. I'll be happy to read, though. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Trevison. And our next speaker will be Dr. Scott Miller from our Syracuse class. Good evening, class. Hey, Scott. Good evening. Um, I enjoy the comments of the previous speaker. I know sometimes it's tough to get going but she made some nice points already how Yahshua, he heals, you know, because people are caught up into the miracle aspect of things, which I'm sure to witness that in, in person was something, something special. And, you know, Dr. Kinley was able to do the same thing with, you know, someone like Richard Davis. Although I guess he wasn't very happy about that, <laughs> but, uh, but really what healing genders to is as Peg had already brought out nicely was showing how it points to spiritual healing um 
So oftentimes when people are born with a malady such as blindness or um, like being deaf um, or having heart issues. So none of those things are good from a physical perspective and they're not gonna help you perceive the physical world very good if you have these issues. So when Yahshua heals them, he's able to um, show forth something in a spiritual sense, because we know the physical reveals the spiritual, Romans 1, 19 and 20. And what that shows is that he's healing spiritually. So let's, I guess, start at the scripture. I took my finger out of there. You want it right from one, Scott? Um, sure. Matthew 9, 1. Or it's John. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Run scripture. John 9, 1. As Yahshua passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Yahshua answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the work of Elohim should be made manifest in him. Right. So right away, they're, they're saying that somebody must, you know, why did you, you know, why is he blind? What did he do wrong? What did his family, I mean, he was born from birth. So what did an innocent child do wrong? And really, we've talked about that with predestination that when, you know, with the children not even being yet born or done, neither have they done any good or bad. But yet, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. And it's the same kind of thing here with the blindness. It's, you know, what did he do or what did his family do to be blind? And Yahshua, and read three again. Yahshua answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of Elohim should be made manifest in him. Right, that the works of, of Elohim should be made manifest in him. So when Yahshua heals somebody, then he's showing like the works of the Father. Um, and that when he could see again, that it wasn't that he did anything good to see either. He just happened to be there. And well, you know, it was set up for him to be there. It just didn't happen to be there, but that's how it works. He, he was, he, so Yahshua would get the glory. So Yahshua would get the praise and, and so a blind man could see, just like when he healed the, the man at the temple gate, or the disciples did, yeah. But they gave Yahshua credit. They, they said they didn't heal him. They said by the name of Yahshua, the Messiah, you know, man just made this man stand before you whole, who was at the gate. It, was, it had palsy every day. See, they, they healed him. And, but they didn't, they didn't take credit. They gave Yahshua credit. And then, of course, they said, don't, don't use that name and threaten them, you know. So, but Yahshua was showing that he's, he's giving people sight and, and giving you an eye to see and an ear to hear or a heart to perceive. Um, and if you just want to hold, I think that's like back in Deuteronomy, um, I think 29. If you don't pick it up. it up at one maybe deuteronomy 29 and one these are the words of the covenant which yahweh commanded moses to make with the children of israel 
in the land of Moab beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, you have seen all that Yahweh did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh and unto all his servants and unto all his land, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet Yahweh has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to hear and ears to hear unto this day. Right, see, so Yahweh has to, he has to give you that, those things. Mm -hmm. See, they saw all the stuff, and we always say, you know, they didn't have the heart in them back there. They had a stony heart, you know, but also, like, they saw with their eyes the um, the Red Sea part. They saw, you know, the miracles Moses did to Pharaoh or heard about them. Um, they knew all the things that, you know, they were eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. It said that they had, you know, for your eyes seen in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh all that his servants and um un, and all unto all his land the great temptation which thine eyes have seen or the trials the great temptation in verse three or it says the trials that they have seen so they were eyewitness to these things it says yet Yahweh hath not given you a heart to perceive or eyes to see or ears to hear unto this day mm -hmm. see and that's just how uh, how it works this stuff has to be given and that it's nothing you're choosing to do, nothing you're trying to do. You know, it's not by our will. Um, it's, it's up to Yahshua's will to bring us into class. And it all goes back to, to that type of thing with predestination is that he has to give you the heart and he has to give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Mm -hmm. So going back to the scripture, when so, so when Yahshua does that, he's just glorifying the Father to show that he can heal. And again, it's just before Pentecost, so no one's really seeing anything permanent. But I just want to make that point, too, that it's only after Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that anyone's going to see or hear anything on a permanent basis. But um, keep going here in the scripture. Okay, John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they who before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, a man who is called Yahshua made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Right. And then you could bring into he went and washed. There's a principle of a cleansing. Um, and it reminds me, too, when Paul, Paul had the scales on his eyes and then, you know, he had it do that with it just I, do you know where that is 
I'm not sure if any of the readers mm -hmm. or speakers, I mean, uh, any of the readers there know where, where that is. Because he had like clay and there was, he had a spit on it. And, you know, again, Paul didn't see, Paul was doing the completely opposite things from which, you know, which he was doing what he yeah, wanted to do until he opened his eyes. It's an X9. Like, I was trying to find that earlier. I couldn't. X9. That's when he gets his sight, when the scales fall from his eyes. Do you want that um, just that hard or three days without sight? Um, let's see. Pick it up in. Um, let's see. I'll pick it up in. Four, I guess. Acts 9 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Master? And Yahweh said, I am Yahshua, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Master, what wilt thou have me to do? And Yahshua said unto him, Rise and go into the city. And it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. Right, so he was three days without sight. So going with like, you know, three days, death, burial, resurrection um being in that burial or in that darkness you know we're in the burial in the darkness we're you know we're crying out but we know yash was going to bring us out of that and bring us into the light so he this is paul's you know paul knew at this point that he had you know he had been that's what he, he was kicking against the pricks in his conscience because he was he was seeing the things that that were going on he knew that you know, and I think it was Carl recently mentioned about how, like, Stephen had just laid out, you know, going mm -hmm. back to the tabernacle of the fathers and what out. And, and he, he knew what these things were about and he knew the things that were being preached were true in his heart. Yeah, it takes Yahshua to get you there. You can't, you can't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't put it together on your own. You're not going to be able to see this on your own or have the heart to perceive this on your own or the ears to hear it on your own. Because really from a spiritual sense, when we walk in the door, we're spiritually blind, we're spiritually deaf, and we have a hard heart. So we're in bad shape. <laughs> we're in bad shape when we come in the door. You know, and we need help and we don't, and then what's sad about it is we don't, you know, you ever try to help someone who doesn't think they need help or don't think they're blind or they don't think they're deaf, you know, they're ornery, get away from me, you know, I don't want your help. And, you know, but, you know, really, we need help when we come in the door big time. So mm -hmm. Paul's blind without sight. Go ahead. Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, Yahshua told, said, Yahshua in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I'm here, master. And Yahshua said unto him, arise and go to the street, which is called straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and has seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. 
right? So he's seeing a vision of how, and a vision is a type of seeing too, but you're seeing with your eye of understanding. And that's another type, that's another type of vision. And that's why like in the tabernacle in the most holy place, you have that eye, you know, it talks about if your eye be singular, there's light in your tabernacle. So you're seeing with 2020 vision or 40, you know, you're seeing one, one singular vision, even though we have two eyes and two ears, we, we hear the same thing and see the same thing. So he's seeing this in this vision, which is again, is a type of spiritual sight of this Ananias who's going to come and go ahead. keep reading. 13. Then Ananias answered, master, I've heard many of this man how much evil he has done to thy sons at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that come in thy name. But Yahshua said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. For I'll show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Right. So he, he showed Paul up front. He said he's a chosen because they questioned like really this guy is because mm -hmm. he knew he was he was putting them in jail he had the authority to bind them from the chief priest to bind them to call on the on the name of yashua mm -hmm. like going back to acts when they healed the blind man they said that they you know they were going to arrest them bind them up or they had papers against men arrest mm -hmm. warrants we would call them today and and take them in and he said this is the guy Joshua said he's a, cho a chosen vessel. And that's how it works for all of us, really, whether we realize it or not. That we were chosen vessels to come in to, to see something and to hear something and then to have a heart to perceive. So where where is it where... Um, oh, an 18. All right, just get to 18 there. Okay. Uh, 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother... Oh, where was I? 18, 18, just lost it. I just lost where I was. What verse was I on? It was 17. 17. Eight. Brother yes. Saul, the Yahshua, even Yahshua, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Right. So he was, yeah, not with water. See, he, he received the sight and he, and that's tied in with Paul having the Holy Spirit. And then the scales fell from his eyes or the flesh, as it were. And that's why we have flesh coverings over our eyes. That in, a, in a type of the flesh or that old covenant has to be removed or that flesh. And same with the principle of circumcision, that removing of flesh. But we want to stay with the, with the sight, you know. And, you know, of course, we wouldn't want our eyes to be open all the time. <laughs> Imagine if you didn't have any eyelids and you're walking around. That wouldn't look good. <laughs> and it wouldn't feel good either. Your eyes would be dry all the time. But yet he has to, there's a reason why we have eyelids, you know. They're flesh coverings that have to be removed so we can see. Um, so, all right, where were we back in the scripture? And I also wanted to get over Matthew 13, too. Okay. Like 13. Um, I think we were, I think we were at 12. Nine and 12. Okay. Yeah. Just read down to, so there, Yashua 
you know, when he picks somebody, it's someone people know. They're trying to figure out what's going on with this guy, why they're, you know, they're trying to ask his parents what happened. They just don't want to believe Yashua did what he did. So they're just trying to inquire about it. And and they're and like Peg already brought out that they said, look, ask his parents, he's an adult. Um just jump down to like 24 or 22. John, John 9:22. These words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Yahshua, he should be put out of the synagogue. Right. So now there's this healing, and they feared the Jews because now. You know, they didn't want to be. <laughs> so Yahshua heals their son, and now they're going to get punished for it. And they're going to get kicked out of, out of church. <laughs> That's how, like, your family does, somebody does something, screws up, and then you're, you know, why, you, why we didn't, his parents are like, we didn't do anything, you know. But Yahshua, so they had fear. That's how they operate, you know, by fear and, you know, right, you know, fear and, power and all that stuff and you know and they're just angry that someone got imagine being angry because someone you know was healed you know instead of being wow that was a miracle and what's this guy about but again we if you don't have the heart then you don't have the heart if you're not seeing it you're not seeing it so uh read the 25 therefore said his parents he is of age ask him then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him Give Elohim the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Right. So, you know, they wanted because Yahshua would heal on Sabbath day and do stuff that they called him a sinner. He didn't, wasn't following their rules. And of course, they, they couldn't keep the law either. But the blind man just knows <laughs> he can see now. That's all that's all that matters to him. And he's, I'm sure, shouting happy about that. So let's just go over to Matthew 13. Um, if you want to pick it up in, in one, I guess, about the parable of the yeah, soul. Matthew 13 and one. The same day went out Yash went Yashua out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him. So they went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables saying, behold, the sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Right. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So he's always was speaking in parables to them, and it was confusing because they didn't understand Romans 1, 19 and 20. So that helps make sense of some things when you look at physical things. And, you know, 
water can be like the Holy Spirit or seeds. There's like seeds of truth going in and that and the ground is us. And he explains that. I really want to like, and it shows it just isn't like, you know, we have class and, and we scatter out seeds of truth and wherever it goes and wherever it lands and it takes root. And it doesn't work that way because sometimes people get the misperception that when you hear things and you're hearing it on your own, of, of, of your own accord or your own will, and you're not, that you were brought to this teaching. And if you're hearing this teaching and understanding it, thanks be to Yahshua that you know, that means the creator is working with you. He's not leaving you out, out to the world. So this sowing of seeds and where that goes, you know, it's, it's about how the Holy Spirit and these, these things were predestined to happen. And sometimes, you know, you can't give yourself the right, a, not a stony heart. So the seeds go in and bring forth fruit. But it, I wanted to, but he, he talks about the mysteries of the parables after this. Mm-hmm. So keep reading in, in 10. Okay. Verse 10, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Right, so right, right there, he can, he's just laying it right out in black and white. Hey, it's, given to, it's given to you to know, mm-hmm. and, and to them it is not given. And that's hard in this purpose sometimes. That that's how it is when when someone sees something and you're not seeing it. All you can do is ask Yahshua, you know, sometimes we get mad at one another or you get mad at, the, you know, and disputations can arise over things like this. Instead of being calm and, and just saying, well, you know, or we'd say put stuff on the back burner. See, because sometimes it's given us and, and there's different times. Not everyone's going to see and hear the same things at the same time and grow at the same time. See, but he's saying it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Read. Mm -hmm. For whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever has not from him shall be taken away even that he has. Therefore speak I to them in parables because they seeing see not and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. Right. Neither do they understand because if it's not given to you, you're not going to see it. You're not going to hear it. You know, and at first, again, we try to, you, when you're young in class, you don't always understand. And I always like Frank's example of Yahweh with a plunger, his family, because he like forced, he tried to force class on his family, not realizing that you're called and you're predestined, you know, before we understood these things that, you know, so we, you know, we, we have class, we try to present the gospel, but you know, if people aren't hearing it or seeing it, we understand why we don't get upset about it. We don't get bent out of shape. You know, you just move on, you know, kick the dust off your feet and move on. Um, so it's a prophecy of Isaiah that's being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's going to say, go ahead, 14. 14, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, 
and should understand with their heart and should be and should be converted and I should heal them. Right. And you can go back to like Psalms 19 to pick up in the law and the prophets how your soul has to be your heart and mind has to be converted. Your soul. The law of Yahweh is perfect. Converting your soul. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not the law. It's the law of spirit and life. It's not the Mosaic law. So, but that's, you know, but that's having that Holy Spirit after Pentecost and where that spirit goes out, like those seeds and where it bears, you know, where it, you know, whatever it's called when the seed (laughs) seed takes root and grows um, and then bears fruit. That's ultimately what you want is fruit. So keep reading here a little bit more, Matthew. 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear mm-hmm. for verily i say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them right hear- so that's that's awesome and that's mm-hmm. true to this day many prophets we have we can look back in time with dr kinley's vision and the mistakes of even you know because i sometimes marvel at how even seven years later at the Gentile Pentecost, um, you know, with Peter and, and, and some of the disciples with the full with the whole, so they were full with the Holy Spirit, still had issues with water baptism and how they would deal with the Gentiles and circumcision of the Gentiles and whether or not the law, how the law applied, whether or not you should do some of these things. And see, we can look back and many of the prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things and hear them. And and they haven't heard them, you know, and they they were part of this. They were prophets and righteous, it said. But see, if it's not time, that's another part. It's got to be time in the purpose. You know, it's got to be in the right age. So we're in the present kingdom age and it's after Pentecost. So, um. If you want to just read down to 23, too, and explains with it about the parable more. Okay, verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Right immediately. Yeah. Now think about when people come into class and they're, oh, I'm blown away. I love it. I can't wait to come back. <laughs> then you never see it out. Then you never see him again. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yet has not he root in himself, but doors for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of, of the word, by and by, he is offended. Right, that someone's, you know, or they're in class a while, you know, and, oh, everything's good, and I like it, and they're coming back, and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm hearing things, and then, well, something happens, you know, mm-hmm. something bad happens in your family, something, you get an illness, or things aren't going good at your job, and then, you, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden, then you're offended, you know, and then, boom, you're out of class, mm-hmm. keep going. 22, he also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful. 
right? And then there's people that too, they're, again, they're in class a while, they're doing good. And then the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and, you know, well, I got some overtime shifts to work or I need this or I need that. And, you know, and that's how the mystery of iniquity works. He's working overtime to try to get us to stay out of class and to get caught up into the cares of this world, you know, with deceitful deceitfulness and to choke that word and, and people become unfruitful or they stop coming to class. So if you're, you know, that's really what that means, it, you know, because in order to be fruitful, you have to preach the gospel and people have to hear it. So if you're not a class, you can't preach the gospel. People can't hear it. Keep reading. 23, but he that receiveth seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also mm -hmm. beareth fruit and bringeth forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Right. So, you know, and that's where we want to be, which, again, it's not up to us. But Yahshua gives us good ground in that we hear the word and understand it. And that's not to be taken lightly, as I said. That means he's working with you. And that it, you bear fruit. And, you know, sometimes people are up a little while. Sometimes you're up, you know, everyone does a little different or what's in your heart or, you know, how, how we bring forth fruit. It's different for everybody and how it manifests. Um, and if I have a little more time, I just wanted to go over to um, uh, it Matthew, where they're on the road to Emmaus. Matthew 28. Luke 24. Yeah, Luke 24. Yeah, Luke 24. Oh, Luke? Okay. Let me get it. Luke 24. So where's Sasha when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me where. So this is about, I know this is a long chapter, but this is about, okay. So this is after the resurrection. And pick it up, start at 13, I guess. Okay, Luke 24, 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Yahshua himself drew near and went with them. So Yahshua himself drew near. This is after the resurrection. And, you know, he's, he's obviously dead, buried, and they're talking about why, like, everything that happened, because it was a monumental, okay, you know, they were expecting him to restore Israel back or the kingdom back. And then he ended up dying. So things didn't go as they planned. Because even though he told them he was going to die, they didn't see it coming. So, so Yahshua himself is there. and They don't recognize him, which is telling. <laughs> and it says why. It's agreed. But their eyes were restricted that they should not recognize him. Right. Or my book says in the King James, it says hold in or restrain. Mm -hmm. But they're I, well, now, okay, who's doing that? Again, the power to see and not to see, I'll just say, really, it's, clear, it's just obviously in Yahshua's hands, which he's doing the will. He's not doing his own will, he's, and that's another thing. He's, he's not running his own purpose, but he's running the will of the Father. 
So who should see? So their eyes were holden or restrained that they should not, not know them. Read. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that ye have one with another as ye walk and are sad? Mm -hmm. And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? What do you, (laughs) that's saying, what do you live under a rock? (laughs) What do you live in, (laughs) living in a cave? You know, don't you know what's been going on with the Messiah? You know, read. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Yahshua of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before Elohim and all the people. Mm-hmm. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Right, right. I just want to say that he's more than a He's the creator of the universe. And that the chief priest really didn't put him to death. The Yahshua himself, he was a willing sacrifice. But see, that's how they looked at it, because, you know, it's not Pentecost. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. So they were carnally minded about how they looked at these things. But in reality, you know, Yahshua was a willing Passover sacrifice. So go ahead. But we hoped that it had been he who should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Right. So it's like they trusted that it had been he who should have redeemed Israel and now he's just dead. <laughs> and then plus it's the third day. And where is he? You know, he said he was going to resurrect on this third and we don't see him. So go ahead. Yay. And certain women also of our company amazed us who were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that he had also seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. Right. There's that vision. And that, certain that of those who, Go ahead. And certain of those who were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said, but saw him not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Right. So he's calling fools. And we get this a lot to show how Yahshua is just going by the law and the prophets. He calls them fools. and They call them slow. You don't want to be called slow heart by the creator. It means that, you know, you have a hard heart. Read. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew near unto the village to which they went, and he made as though he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Right. So they're saying they constrained him like that's really possible, but. He was putting up with it for a while, so read. And it came to pass, as he sat eating with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. Right, wow, and their eyes were open. And it says, and their eyes were open, and they knew him. So now they recognize who, and that's in their eyes. It doesn't mean like they're walking around with their eyes closed. And then all of a sudden they decided to open them. It means Yahshua, 
he had restrained their eyes in like verse 15, but now way over in verse 31, now his eyes were open and they knew him. And he, and then he vanished out of their sight because now that they recognize, you know, he was going to back to Jerusalem, I think. But anyway, so they knew uh, and just finish up here. And, and they said one to another, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us along the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose right. up. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. And, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together and those who were with them. Right. So they said, did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us, by the way, see their heart, he was stirring things up within them, explaining things that they didn't know why until their eyes were open. And that's pretty much just how it works right there. I don't know if I'm going to go too much further. Um, you know, it gets into them seeing him and him appearing to them which we know he, he resurrected a quickening spirit and he, re, he was sown a, a, a natural and raised a spiritual, but I don't want to get, I just wanted to get that part in where it shows where, how the example of how, when their, their eyes, and that's how it works for the whole purpose, how you're going to, whether you see any of this, the covenants, um, the unity of the Godhead, predestination, all of this, it's like, you got to ask Yahshua if you're not seeing it, he has to show it to you. So there's not a lot of studying you can do or working up on things um, that you can do. Um, it's just he has to open our eyes, and that's what it comes down to. And so with that, I'm um, going to take my proverbial seat and pass the, the time back to the moderator and yield the floor, and I'll praise the Ashwa. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Miller. And our third speaker this afternoon will be from our Oceanside class, Dr. Diane Hemler. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, I have enjoyed the uh, testimonies of the uh, first two speakers. It's been very enjoyable. Uh, what I'd like to do is uh, go over uh, into the scripture and let's uh, pick up uh once again uh in the scripture reading do you want it from one diane yeah john 9 1 and as yashua passed by he saw a man which was blind from his birth now as yashua walked by he saw a man who was blind from his birth so this is a man uh, who wasn't blind because of an accident or a fever when he was young. This is a man who has never seen. 
Go ahead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, isn't that really the way uh, a carnal mind thinks is uh, if something goes wrong uh, in your life, the, the first thing is, what have I done? What did I do to deserve this? Uh, it's just the way the carnal mind thinks. That's right. Because they cannot see that Yahweh is in charge. They think that they did something. And once again, they tie to take uh, the creator's place and decide that uh, if they had done something differently, then uh, this horrible thing wouldn't have happened. Go ahead and read. Verse three, Yahshua answered, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of Yahweh should be manifest in him. Mm -hmm. I, so what Yahshua is saying is that, that the works of Yahweh have to be manifest. Mm -hmm. Now we know uh, in Romans 1, 19 and 20 uh, that the physical things uh, are there to show us spiritual things. And if this is your first time here, let me just say that Yahweh, who is the proper name of the Father, that Yahweh is spirit. And spirit is invisible to your natural senses. That means that you are blind to the spirit. And what Yahweh did to make himself known, because we won't get it, but in Acts, not Acts, in, uh, uh, well, it could be Acts 17, uh, it says that um, eternal life is to know Yahweh. And that coincides with the first aim of our school, which is that we gather to help you find and know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. But the question is, how do you understand something you cannot see? So Yahweh, uh, let's just go to this Moses chart for a second. And what you see here um, is a depiction, uh, first off, of uh, uh, the children of Israel. And you see that at the bottom of the screen where you have uh, Egypt, and that's in that black section. 
And Israel was in bondage in Egypt. And Moses, who was originally from Egypt and was uh, uh, an Israel, a Hebrew, uh, was given the name of Yahweh at the burning bush and came back down into Egypt uh, to tell the Pharaoh, which the Pharaoh was a god. So he went to the, a false god that actually had the power over, uh, I'll say, life and death. He could decide whether or not a person was going to live or die. Mm -hmm. And people lived in fear of him. Right. Now, he came down into Egypt <clears throat> and uh, Pharaoh would not let uh, the Hebrews go. So uh, there were 10 devastating plagues poured out. Uh, Israel was instructed to perform a, the Passover feast. That was the first time there was a Passover. Uh, they uh, traveled through the divided waters of the Red Sea, came up to Mount Sinai, and the cloud that depicted Yahweh or was an example of Yahweh went and came up there on top of Mount Sinai. And when Moses went up on top of Mount Sinai, he had a vision. And the very first thing he saw in his vision was um, Yahweh Elohim. And what Yahweh Elohim is, is Yahweh in a shape and form. It's not different from Yahweh. It is Yahweh in a shape and form. And then when Yahweh Elohim gave that vision to uh, Moses, he then explained the entire creation coming into existence in a series of six days. Now, just briefly go back and get Genesis 1 1. Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, Yahweh Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Mm -hmm. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Go ahead. And the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. So there was a spirit of Elohim moving upon the face of the waters. And then when you start reading uh, the explanation of the six days uh, of creation, uh, the last sixth day where man came into existence, and then the seventh day was the Sabbath. And if you could enlarge uh, uh, this chart, Greg, so you can see that uh, Sabbath up there at the top. 
Yes, that's good. So the sixth day was uh, man came into existence and the seventh day was the Sabbath. Now that man you see standing in the Sabbath was that Yahweh Elohim that Moses saw in the beginning. So Yahweh Elohim was in the beginning of his vision and at the end of his vision. And Sabbath to the Hebrews still uh, uh, starts at uh, sundown on Friday evening, if I'm correct. If I'm wrong, Bruce, let me know. But I want you to see, and the Christians believe the Sabbath is on Sunday. But the Sabbath is not a day of the week. It's Yahweh Elohim or Yahweh in that shape and form. He is the Sabbath, not a day of the week. Because in him is the only place that you can find rest from the carnage in the world, uh, all of the confusion and the ignorance, when you know him, that is your rest in your Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to get back here to uh, this uh, uh, days of creation, because mankind has argued about these days of creation forever. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, of course, scientists don't believe that, how can it be uh, that uh, the sun in the sky didn't come in until the fourth day, and yet you have the seed of vegetation coming up on the third day. Mm -hmm. um, just go in there, uh, if you would, um, uh, is it 2416 of Exodus? Twenty uh go they went up to the top of the mountain. Yeah, I need the uh the glory of Yahweh. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, the glory of Yahweh. Okay. Exodus 24, 16. And the glory of Yahweh Elohim abode upon Mount Sinai. Okay. The... Now hang on. So you had the glory of Yahweh abiding on top of Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had that cloud depicting Yahweh, but you also had Yahweh in that shape and form. And as much as the Sabbath is that shape and form, uh, uh, the glory of Yahweh is that shape and form. So the glory of Yahweh abode on top of Mount Sinai six days. Is that what it says? And the cloud covered it six days. Yes. Go ahead. And the seventh day he called Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? There's a punctuation after six days. What is it? It's colon. It's a colon. And if you remember back uh, uh, to grammar school, 
that a colon means that an explanation or a listing should follow. So what you've got is that the cloud uh, 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 abode up there, reread it because I'm messing it up. Um, and the glory of Yahweh abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. Colon. Colon. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. All right. So I want you to recognize that he's talking about Moses on top of Mount Sinai. And Moses on top of Mount uh, Sinai was having a vision. And he saw the vision of uh, the creation of heaven and earth. But right here in Exodus 24, 16, which is the description of his vision, he's about to talk about those six days. And then suddenly he says the seventh day. And the question is, where did the six days go? Well, the six days were put up in front of Exodus because they were in chronological order. But if you just read the explanation of the Genesis in Genesis 1 and 1, then you're never going to understand this creation. Now, uh, if you look at the top of the page on Genesis, you will read that Genesis is the first book of Moses. Genesis wasn't written by, I was told that uh, people uh, understood the creation and then passed it down through generation as uh, campfire stories, and then Moses wrote it down. That doesn't make any sense, especially since man didn't come in until the sixth day, who was around to write about the first five days. Right. Nor will you ever understand how this creation works. So uh, uh, start again, uh, 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 Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, Yahweh Elohim created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So there was darkness, read. And the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. And that spirit moved upon the face of the waters. Uh, as someone get me John 1, 1. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. Read. Now that word is that same shape and form that Moses and 73 people saw there at Mount Sinai. Now, when he spoke in the creation, 
what you read in Genesis is, let there be light. And so since that is Yahweh's word, he spoke in the creation. That word and Yahweh Elohim are the same. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead and read, Peg. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he is the one that created heaven and earth, and nothing was made that he didn't make. Mm -hmm. That makes him the creator. Mm -hmm. See? Read on. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Now, he is that light. Mm -hmm. That light is not the same as the sun in the sky that we look up to to see light, but that light, uh, it's been referred to as cosmic light, but it is the light of the world, if I could say spiritual light, that the sun in the sky is pointing to. Mm -hmm. So mankind reads that how, or has the question, how can you have vegetation on the third day, but the sun doesn't come in until the fourth day? And what you need to see is that the true light was there first. Mm -hmm. And that light brought in the creation. And that light has the ability, do you understand, to bring a seed forth and to grow. So that is the light not the sun in the sky. Now, uh, go back over to Genesis and then we'll get away from this. I need the second chapter. I'm not sure the verse. Uh, I just need the real timing of this creation coming in. Mm. Uh, 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 I'm not sure. Anyone have any? Four, two, four, two, four, two, four. Okay. All right. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day oh, that stop, Yahweh. Stop, stop. In Genesis. It says that they came in in six days, see? And of course, you know, scientists and mankind and people who think that uh, uh, they know better uh, say, you know, six days it took man to, or Yahweh to create this. They just are so confused by this. And they're so confused by the timing or the age of creation. Folks, they're sending up this telescope right now and they wanna look back uh, 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 far enough 
because it takes so long for, uh, in fact, it takes what, eight minutes for the light of the sun to reach the earth. Yeah. Well, the further and further you go into uh, the universe, then you're picking up, as it were, the light uh, earlier in time. So they think if they can see far enough, then they will go back in time enough to understand uh, when this creation began. Mm -hmm. Now, we can save them a lot of trouble <laughs> and a lot of expense. Mm -hmm. Read what they got here. Uh, uh, Linda, read what you got. You pick it up and read it. Okay. Genesis 2 and 4. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Yahweh Elohim made the earth and the heavens. Now, why didn't he say in the six days? Because all of this was created. Uh, and I, I, I want you to see that all of this was created within Yahweh. I didn't really want to, but this is where we are. So Acts, uh, I just need, uh, we live, move, so 17, 28. Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. Now For we go ahead. For we are also his offspring. Now, the him that we're living within is Yahweh or spirit. God isn't up above sun, moon, and stars. Yahweh is spirit, and we live, move, and have our being within him. He is our source. He is our substance. He is our limits. He is the uh, bounds. So the entire universe, the entire cosmos, for as far as it goes, is still within Yahweh. Now, Yahweh is eternity, meaning there's no beginning, there's no end. Better yet said, uh, uh, there is no time as we know time. Mm -hmm. That sun in the sky, uh, we dictate time when it raises, when it sets, when it moves and the seasons come in. That is all in a creation of time. And Yahweh, he has no time, see? Now, the creation was created before time. So how can you take uh, a planet or a star 
that was created before time and decide how old it is. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to do, mm -hmm. see? So no matter how far back they go, and they think that they are going to find a, out about the beginning of the universe. Uh, I, astronauts have said that they, go, they have gone up to see the face of God. Well, he's not up there. Neither is your answer about how we began. The answer is you're never going to know because it's in eternity. All right. So um, I don't even know how we got off on that, but <laughs> I want you to go back over to John 1 1. And are we still in the scripture with the parables? Mm -hmm. Okay. So John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. So in the beginning was that word, and the word was with Yahweh, the word was Yahweh. And I want to point out while we're still on this chart, that <laughs> if you look to the top of the chart, with that figure of, of the word or Yahweh Elohim, you have next to it a building. And that building is the tabernacle. That was shown to Moses. And then once he was shown to Mo that was shown to Moses, then you've got that little half figure of the word. That's trying to express that the word, here's the best way I know how to explain it. If you don't understand a word, you go to a dictionary. And a dictionary will give you a further explanation of the word. This tabernacle that was given to Moses is uh, the type and shadow of the word or Yahweh Elohim. Because that tabernacle, Moses brought the thought of that tabernacle back down into the wilderness of Sinai and had it built. And this was an actual structure. And this structure uh, uh, was right amongst uh, the children of Israel. In fact, uh, Yahweh Elohim said that he would have this tabernacle so he could dwell among men. And that's confirmed when we read in John 1, uh, we'll continue John 1, 1. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Read. 
in him was life and the life was the light of men now in him was life and that life is the light of all mankind so if you cannot see that spiritual light you are blind now uh uh finish that off the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not so in the darkness or that darkness where mankind abides without an understanding of Yahweh, they are in such darkness that they cannot even recognize they're in darkness. Mm -hmm. They cannot recognize that the light is right there, right. but their minds have been blinded. Before we get to that, uh, read the 14th verse, Linda. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now that word, that light came into a uh, 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 Paschal body, that body that the world calls Jesus Christ. And Mary and Joseph were never a part or a father or a mother to uh, 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 Jesus, whose correct name is Yahshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. So you have Yahweh in that pure spirit state. You have Yahweh in that shape and form. You have Yahweh in that body or the Holy Spirit. So that is not three different uh, uh, gods. Uh, the Roman Catholics will say that you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit but God is not the same as the Son, and the Son is not the same of, as the Holy Spirit, and they all have distinctive personalities. Mm -hmm. And they call that the Trinity. That is completely opposite of what the Bible says when they say that uh, uh, Yahweh is one or Yahweh is a unity or we don't, we can't get it where he talks about on earth we have the blood the water and the spirit and these three agree in one and then you have the father the word and the holy spirit and these three are one it's not like they're one they are one. So you can't have Yahweh without uh, uh, having Yahweh Elohim or having Yahshua. Now that body that Yahshua was in was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. That was not a body like yours and not mine. 
because Mary and Joseph had nothing to do with it, that it was the angel who overshadowed Mary and impregnated her. Joseph's sperm wasn't used. Mary's egg was not used. So don't bother calling upon Mary to have her son intercede to God for you because <laughs> she was not his mother. <laughs> you see? Mm -hmm. So uh, now I want to go back to the scripture. The scripture reading. John 9? Yes. And where would you like it? Oh, boy. You know, I'm not there. I need to uh, pick up. Uh, yeah, start right at 1. Okay. As Yahshua passed by, saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Yeah, we've discussed that. Con continue. Yahshua answered, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of Yahweh should be manifest in him. Yes, the works of Yahweh have to be manifest. Mm -hmm. To manifest those that are spiritually blind. But there was nothing wrong with this man. Look at the uh, a snake uh, uh, depicts the mystery of iniquity, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's wrong with the snake? Is the snake evil? No. No. It's just that Yahweh has chosen a snake to show forth those principles. There's nothing wrong with a snake. And there's nothing wrong if you can't hear with your ears just the thing on your side of your head. Or you you are basically blind. You have done nothing wrong and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that everything in the universe depicts or is showing forth some spiritual principle or which is Yahweh. Whether it's Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, or Yahweh is salvation. Go ahead. Verse four, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm. Go ahead. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, does he is that life and that light. Mm -hmm. Look, the whole world, all of Christian and the Hebrews are standing around waiting for the Messiah to jump out of the sky. Mm -hmm. And then they will have the uh, uh, rapture, or if you're uh, Jewish, it'll be the first coming of the Messiah. But they're all trying to look up and wait for him to jump. Right. 
the same way as they're looking up to the stars for their heavens, mm -hmm. uh, for their answers. Mm -hmm. See, that's not where the answers are. Reality, the answers are right in you, but you mm -hmm. have to understand who's in you to find out the answers. Mm -hmm. Now, the whole world is waiting for him to come and we are waiting for him to leave. Right. Because when light or light leaves this creation, then we can go on to a better creation, a new heaven and newer state, so that we will no longer be in these physical bodies, but we will have a new spiritual body. And those spiritual bodies will not remember the creation they came out of any more than when you are born, you don't remember where you came from. You don't have a recollection of that, your dad's sperm uh, 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 entering the egg and, and, and division beginning. You don't remember that. You don't remember being in the womb uh, uh, being fed by the umbilical cord. You, you don't remember that. And when you leave this creation, you will not remember it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry if you're counting on seeing your parents and grandparents when you die, but that's just not the way it's going to be. Right. There will be no remembrance of this flesh. See, go on and read. Verse five, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made the clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Read. And he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seen. The neighbors, therefore, which he had, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Yahshua made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Now, isn't this pretty incredible? Mm -hmm. A man who had never seen before, see, suddenly now could see. And there's lots of correlations as has uh, uh, already been stated uh, with Paul on the road to Damascus and his conversion and the three days of blindness that he was in uh, 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 until the clay or the 
uh, fell, the scales rather, scales fell off of his eyes and then he could see, but he wasn't seeing uh, uh, the faces of those around him. He was seeing the spirit for the very first time, see? Now, as we read this through, we read that uh, um, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were all upset about this. First of all, they were upset because it was done on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Well, we now know who, who the Sabbath is, and it's not a day of the week. Mm-hmm. So they have no idea. And I mean, just from a humanistic form, I don't know if you've been in the world. Uh, uh, um, I know uh, Ricky in Korea got a taste of it. Uh, there, uh, in other parts of this world, I remember being in Egypt. There are people that still beg on the streets, people without legs, people that can't see, people, I mean, and, and it's pitiful because they just every single day sit there and beg because they have no other income. They have no way of feeding themselves unless they beg. And here this man had been out there begging his entire life, right outside the temple where they all saw him. Mm-hmm. And then he can finally see and be independent. And yet they're mad about it. Mm-hmm. Where is your compassion? They're mad because he can see because somebody called Joshua healed on the Sabbath because they were hell bent on getting Joshua, getting him because he made sense to the people and the uh, uh, Sanhedrin Council, that top 70, they did not like that at all. See? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's just incredible to me. To this night, you can turn on the TV and, and see children starving to death. I mean, if that doesn't do something to your heart, then uh, you're not alive. Mm -hmm. It's pitiful what happens in this world. Yet we understand that all of those suffering children are showing forth a principle. And the suffering that goes on in this world this night does not compare to eternal suffering. The suffering of never knowing Yahweh in this creation or the next. Because remember that eternity 
has no time. See? Now, um, I'm, uh, I'm speaking of time. I'm not here. <laughs> there is time here. Um, let's do this. Uh, and I'll try to make some sense of this. Second uh, Corinthians, I think it's three. Let me get there. Um, Need more light? No. Uh, 14 is where I want to get down to, but let's see if we can pick up a little bit of this before we get down there. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 3, 1. Okay. And Do we gonna have to drop down at some point and the dropping down means go to the 14th verse. <laughs> Okay. After, after one, go to 14? No, just go ahead and read it. Okay, okay. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Now, when you come into an understanding of Yahweh and his purpose. And I'm not sitting here saying that you un that I understand everything. I don't. And neither does anybody else in this organization. But uh, you begin to get a glimpse and you get pieces. Every time you come to class, you get pieces. And the reason you need to come to class, our founder said, was because you're going to need it. That means you're going to need every little piece to be put in place to make the picture clear so you can stand up to the ignorance in this world that has been dictated by the mystery of iniquity. Go ahead and read. Of course, if you know everything, then you know you can miss class and stay home. Go ahead. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Yahshua ministered by us. Now, an epistle is a letter. Paul's uh, epistles to the, an epistle to the Romans, epistles to the Corinthians. Now he says, You are, you are the epistles. Because, oh, we don't have time and there's always so much. But in Jeremiah, we have passed from an old covenant to a new covenant with uh, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua. And the day of Pentecost, his spirit has been poured out upon mankind. And that has taken us away from the old Mosaic law, which contained physical ways of worship, physical uh, baptisms in water and suppers, Passover, 
or uh, 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 um, Eucharist or uh, the Lord's Supper, um, all of the things that Christianity or uh, Judaism does to receive righteousness, they are all have been fulfilled or brought to an end through Yahshua the Messiah. Now, I don't have time for this tonight, but you need to come back and this will be explained and it's worth your time. You could go out and to a bar and get drunk tonight and be miserable for two days, or you could come and learn something about your creator, which will last for eternity. Mm -hmm. It's worth your while. Now we have come into a new covenant and in Jeremiah 31, 31, he said he will write this new covenant in your heart and in your mind. You have had something written within you by the creator, by Yahshua or that Holy Spirit. And that written in you, you are an epistle. You are a book. You've got a story. You've got something to say about what Yahweh has revealed to you. Go ahead and read. Five minutes, Dr. Emler. Thanks. For as much as you're manifestly declared to be an epistle of the Messiah ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living Elohim. Absolutely. This is not written in a book with pen and ink. And that little fly leaf in your Bible after uh, uh, Malachi that says the New Testament is not true. Because after the fly leaf, you have more things written. This new covenant is not written with pen and ink, but it's written by uh, the spirit of Yahweh. And we would not know anything about this if the founder, Henry Clifford Kinley, had not had a divine, divine meaning right from God, a divine vision and revelation. And then was asked, what will you do with what I have shown you? And the eventual answer to that is, teach my people my will. And that is what we continue to do here. Now, if you've got something more important to do than listening to your creator, then go for it. But I don't want to be in your shoes when it all comes down. Go ahead and read. Uh, written, uh, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living Elohim, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Yes. And such, and such trust have we through Yahshua toward Yahweh, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of Yahweh. Okay, one more. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. 
for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Yes. Now drop down to, uh, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, 13, 13. And not as and not as Moses who put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the well, end. No, I just am jumping in the middle of this. Uh, but what he's talking about when Moses went up, actually on his third trip, he made three trips up there on Mount Sinai that uh, he saw the hinder parts of that word or Yahweh Elohim and his face shone and the people when he came down off of the mountain could not look upon him. So he wore a veil over his face so they could not see the brightness. Go ahead, read. Um could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. Now, for here we go. Their minds, uh, uh, the Hebrews' minds, and our minds today have been blinded. Pick it up and read it through. Uh, at 13 again? Uh, no, 14. Okay, 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in the Messiah. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Uh, boy, I pulled it wrong. Can you get it for me? I'm, uh, I need that uh, mystery of iniquity have blinded their minds. Uh... First Corinthians uh, two and four, I think. Okay. Second, uh, yeah, First Corinthians, yeah, Corinthians four and four. Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians four and four. Oh. Oh. Okay. In whom the God of this age hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Yahshua who is the image of Yahweh should shine unto them. So what you need to see is this poor guy who couldn't see with his physical eyes through birth. We could not spiritually see through our birth. And the reason we couldn't see was because of this God of this world, the mystery of iniquity has blinded our eyes. But Yahweh can take the flesh off your eyes or the scales off your eyes so you can see and understand him. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Dr. Emler. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. We'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.